And so this morning, I want us to learn the why, because that helps us to live out the what. And so when I better understand who God is, what he's done for me, it's then that I follow his commands. This is the podcast of Tressler Mennonite Church. Each week, we replay the sermon from our Sunday morning service so that anyone who might have missed the sermon can catch it later. And we want to especially thank any of you who missed the sermon because you were working with our youngest children during the service time. This sermon was from November 12, 2023. The text was Titus chapter 2. As I've worked through this passage um, this past week, I began to realize that, that this section that, that Darlene read for us is made up of, of two different parts. Um, and the part that we're probably most familiar with is the instruction that Paul gives uh, to Titus on what to teach five different groups of people um, there in the churches in Crete and, and also here in our church today. Um, a lot of times we hear... Uh, be a Titus II person. I think a lot of uh, women's groups um, have a lot of things on that. Kyla has a book, uh, Be a Titus II Woman, uh, that, that kind of thing. So that, that's what we're uh, familiar with when we think about uh, Titus chapter 2. And he says there in verse 1, he says, As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. He says, encourage or teach, teach the people there that you're ministering to to live out the wholesome teaching that they have received. And he goes on and he gives instructions for older men, for older women, younger women, younger men. And so I would say that we all fit here somewhere in those categories. Everybody here except for Lindsay, I think, has someone younger than them, right? Is Lindsay, would Lindsay be the youngest of our group, right? Bryce, yes, Bryce, yep, yep, yep. See, I knew I'd get something wrong. This one I'm pretty sure I got right. And everybody here has somebody older than them other than Andrew. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, well, we'll let him, we'll let him uh, stew on that one a while, but anyway. Um, in the fifth group, some here, or at least one here, might, may feel like they fit in it if they work for me. Um, and that is the, uh, when he gives instructions to slaves. So, Phil, this, this part's for you, buddy. Um, if you don't know, I'm, Phil works for me. That's just, and not here at church, but he's, we're plumbers, and, and uh, he's my favorite, but he still works for me. Um, so he might feel like a slave sometimes. Um, so in my mind, this is the what section uh, that we're going to deal with. Um, of this passage, what, what it is that we're supposed to do. The first half of this, this chapter deals with that. Um, it deals with the how of how we're supposed to live. It's the guidelines, the list of rules, so to speak. That's what we're going to cover in this first section. So that's the first part we're going to look at. The second part we find at the end of chapter 2 and in the beginning of chapter 3 that I'm going to steal a little bit from Jeremy for next week um, and that is the why section. It's the what and the why. Why is it a good idea to live like this in, in the way that Paul instructs Titus to, 
to teach the people there to live. Why do we do that? What's the motivation behind living out these instructions that Paul gives to Titus? And so we're going to look at both of them here this morning, and both are equally important. As a dad and as an employer, many times I give the what and the how. Uh, I tell my kids, I tell my guys what to do and how to do it. Um, I, get, I instruct them. I give them the law. And sometimes my only reason as to why they should do that is because that's what I said. Right? Do, do we do that as parents sometimes? I do it with Demetrius all the time. What? Why? Because I'm dad and that's all you need to know. But the problem with that, it doesn't usually help either, but, but the problem with that is my kids then can't learn the why, and then when I'm not there to instruct them on what to do, they, they're not, I mean, it's more involved in the way I'm putting it right now. But if we don't teach the why, then, then when they're on their own, they don't know what to do uh, in those instances. They don't know how I would want something done. And so this morning I want us to learn the why because that helps us to live out the what so much better. So why do we follow these instructions that God gives us? I think is pretty important as well. Not just focusing on the guidelines, on the rules. Um, so Paul gives the what, he gives the guidelines first, and then we're going to get to the why. Um, Carl, if you want to put uh, that picture up now, I need to make sure that uh, it's not a picture of me, as Andrew threatened. Okay, so yesterday morning, as I was sitting in my deer stand, um, and I was reading through this chapter a couple times, and I was finally getting a grasp a little bit of what it is, um, how I was going to present the sermon, and, and on this whole what and why part of how uh, Paul had laid this out. And I just decided that this is kind of how I wanted the sermon to flow for today. And I put my phone back in my pocket, and... Um, and I'm sitting there looking for the deer that were nowhere to be found. Um, and this is, this is the view that I had. Um, and I, I just said, wow. I mean, I, I don't know if the picture does it justice. I can't see it too good. But, but it was, the sunrise yesterday morning was absolutely beautiful. And, uh, and as I sat there and, and, and the fog was rolling through, um, Linford, I don't know if you've seen this. This is right across the road from your house, so maybe you did. Um, and I just sat there and I soaked it up and, uh, and as I was sitting there the thought came to my mind the God that spoke this into existence and we're amazed by it the God that designed that designed this as well this, what we're talking about here this morning, he designed it as well and sometimes I forget that a little bit he's the one that determined this list of rules, uh, as we like to call it, that we're going to look at here a little bit. The thought also hit me as well, that this happens 24-7. There has always been a sunrise somewhere since God created the world. It's, that, that had never struck me before. That is a lot of continuous beauty. So just let that sink in for a minute. Right now, somewhere... The sun is about to poke over the horizon, and God is painting someone a beautiful picture like this. One that changes by the second, and it's continuous, and it has been ever since he said, let there be light. So as we go through this passage here this morning, 
let's remember that the God that spoke this beauty is the same God that spoke the what and the why to us here, uh, for us here today. In fact, he is the why, the why of why we live out the lives that he called us to. And I think he proves it right there that he has the ability and the authority to, do, to determine the what and the whys too. Amen? Does that make sense? I mean, if he's able to do that, I think I can trust him to do this as well. Because sometimes I struggle with that, with that part. So let's get into the first of the two sections. So Paul says in Titus verse 1, As for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Encourage actions that reflect God's truth. As I said earlier, he addresses the five different groups of people, and he shares some ways that they can live out the lives that God has called them to. This is not an exhaustive list by any means. These are not God's only, God's only way to live that reflects wholesome teachings. There are other ways revealed in Scripture as well. But this is a list of good things to do. It's a list that those specific churches that Paul is writing to and instructing Titus to, to teach needed to hear. But at the same time, it's a list that we should follow as well. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time picking them apart. My goal is today is to look at the bigger picture and to help us realize the importance of living these things out and what our motivation behind our actions should be in doing them. So older men, and I'm not going to put any ages on any of these, we all fit in maybe, probably in, in two of them. Um, depends on how you feel. There's somebody older than you, there's somebody younger than you. Um, so older men, here are your instructions from, from verse 2. He says, teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. So be self-controlled. Be respectable. Live wisely. Have sound faith. And know what you believe and why you believe it. And continue to grow in that faith. And then finally be filled with love and patience. And let me mention here as well, these aren't just cute little phrases that Paul's throwing in there to sound official and to take up space. A lot of times we might just breeze through them and not think what it means to, uh, to be self-controlled, to be respectable, wise, uh, to have sound faith, and to be filled with love and patience. Um, so I would encourage as we go through this that each of us, as we go through these categories, that I, that you fit into, ask the Spirit to, uh, to, examine, to help you examine your life uh, and see how you are at living these things out. I had to sit back and think a little bit as I was working through this. So how self-controlled am I? Am I respectable? How wise am I in, in, in living out my life? Um, my faith, how, how strong is it? And... And am I filled with love and with patience? That one uh, made me scratch my head just a little bit sometimes when I, when I think about how, what my life looks like to others. So I encourage you to do the same as, we, as well as we go through here. We're not just killing time with these. If we are who we say we are, if we are Christ followers, 
then these are the things that we need to be doing. Our lives need to reflect these things that Paul mentions here. And this is what this entire chapter is about, living the truth that we've learned. So allow his word, allow his spirit to reveal to you where you might need some correction. So older men, how are you doing at that? At exercising self-control, being worthy of respect, living wisely, having sound faith, and being filled with love and patience. Older women, verse 3. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. Is it important to you? Do you desire to live in a way that honors God? Does this cross your mind during your day, and does it temper your actions? Do you guard your tongue? Do you stay away from harmful lifestyles, and you desire, do you make an effort to teach others what is good? Younger women, verse 4 and 5. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good and be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Again, I know this part uh, can cause a lot of disagreements because obviously we live in a different culture than what it is that Paul is writing to. But younger ladies, both married and unmarried, let me simply ask you this. In your lives, do you strive to live wisely? Do you strive to be pure and to not bring shame on the word of God? Do you think about how your actions, your words, affect other people's view of God? And again, these things apply to all of us as well. And also, older women, are you teaching and being good examples to the younger women in this area? In verses 6 to 8, we find the instructions to the younger men. He says, in the same way, encourage the young young men to live wisely. And you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind, that everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. Titus was a young man, so Paul gave him some instructions in this section that can apply to all younger men as well. And again, all of us, for that matter. Live wisely. Be good examples by living out the things that you teach. Set the same standard for yourself that you do for others. Know the truth, teach it well, and live it out for those who are watching you. And finally, in verses 9 to 10, Paul gives instructions for slaves. And again, we're obviously living in a different culture now, but I think there are some principles that we can still apply here. All of us are under the authority of someone else in some way. So let's examine our hearts and our actions in those areas as we go through these verses. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. So again, this section that we've worked through, all all five of these different groups, is a partial list of things that Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, gave to Titus to give to the churches there on the island of Crete nearly 2,000 years ago. But I believe it's one that we need to live out as well. 
But again, why is it important to live these things out? Why should our actions reflect the truths that we say we hold dear? And this isn't anything new to us. Paul does this in all of his letters. He has two sections. He has the the what and he has the why. Usually he gives the truth or the why first and then the actions that are to follow. Uh, But today in Titus he kind of flips that around. So now let's look at the why, the reason why we should live the way that we are instructed to. In verse 11 Paul says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And it's just a few words there. But there's a lot of truth in that sentence. Why should our lives be different from, from what our flesh naturally would look like? Because God has had grace on us and he has brought us salvation. We were dead. We have been brought to life. Our sin separated us from God. But now we have been adopted and we are his children. We are destined to the eternity of judgment. We now have eternity in his presence to look forward to. Verses 12 to 14, and I'm going to steal a few uh, verses from chapter 3 that Jeremy will look at next week uh, as well. Continue on and they say, And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope that, to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. And verses 3 through 7 of chapter 3, Once we too were foolish and disobedient, We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit, Upon us, through Jesus Christ our Savior, because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Do we comprehend, do we fully appreciate what it is that God has done for us? I know so often I I lose sight of that and I rely on my own works, my I'm not as bad as that guy attitude. But do I comprehend what it is that he's done for me? This is to be our motivation, to do the things that he's called us to in the first part of the chapter. The things that he's done for us by making us right, taking us from death to light. Don't do those things in the first section just because I, I stand here and I tell you to do them. Or don't do them because that's just how we do church. The God that loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us tells us that this is the best way to live our lives. This should be the result of your salvation. We're saved, now we do this. We don't do this in order to be saved. What he's done for us is why we do what it is that he calls us to do. 
Finally, in verse 15, he says, You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. So Paul instructs Titus, he encourages us to teach the why and to live the what. So in conclusion, the God that spoke the sunrise and all of his marvelous creation into existence looked forward in time and he knew that I would sin and be separated from himself. He knew that about all of us. So because of his love for me, because of his love for you, he also made a plan so that we could be restored. <clears throat> God became man. He lived a sinless life, and he died in my place so that I could receive forgiveness, so that I could be made clean. And he also revealed to me, he revealed to us through his written word, a way that he desired for us to live, a way <clears throat> to live that reflects who he is, and he calls us each to live that out. And so when I better understand who God is, what he's done for me, it's then that I follow his commands. So my encouragement today is to know the why, to know who God is, and to live the what. have been listening to the Tressler Mennonite Sermon from November 12, 2023. The passage was Titus, chapter 2. Take care.